And welcome to Playwrights Local 4181's production of Flame Puppy, a full-length play for voices in three sections by Mike Geither. Tonight's performers are Benjamin Gregg, Lauren B. Smith, Bo Reinker, and me, Amy Schwabauer. <laughs> there will be short breathers between sections and 15-second intermission. No animals were harmed in the making of this play. <laughs> Section one. Idiopathic, a beat Thanksgiving. Characters, Tom and Ron, men in their 30s, the 1960s. Scene, in the kitchen of Tom's house. Is that a cranberry? Yeah. No, wait. Yeah, it's a cranberry. <laughs> it's dried. You got bright disease. It's just a cranberry for the stuffing. Scene. Tom and Ron preparing a pie. One thing, I never had anything store-bought. I had a few things. Had cranberries out of a can all the time. My parents drew the line on Thanksgiving. Everything had to be from scratch. Scene. Tom vacuuming. Ron putting a tablecloth on a table. Scene. Tom's house. Ron and Tom drinking wine. Think back a few weeks. Yeah? You're a turkey. <laughs> Every time the farmer comes into the pen, you're wondering, is he going to have the axe this time? Why would he have an axe? Cut your neck. Can we stick to nice things? Noodle it out. <laughs> okay. How do you feel? I'm nervous. Uh, I feel like betrayed. The farmer betrayed you. Fattened you up, and then he... Now I know what the turkey feels like. No. No, you don't. What? You're not in that pen. Your heart doesn't stop every time the latch jiggles. You're out skipping in a field of daisies with a basket of cupcakes. Scene. Ron is skipping through a field of daisies with a basket of cupcakes. <laughs> Bright sunshine. He hands a cupcake to a rabbit. He hands another to a bear. He throws one up into the sky where it is caught in an eagle's talons. <laughs> he is smiling when he sees a white turkey. It has a human face. Ron is transfixed by its familiarity and repulsed by its hideous appearance. Ron! <laughs> Scene, the kitchen. Were you in the field? Yeah. Was he there? Yeah. Who else? A rabbit, a bear. Okay. An eagle caught a cupcake. <laughs> Scene. The living room of Tom's house. Are the cowboys on? I think so. And the lions. Isn't it the Packers too? I don't know. When's everyone supposed to be here? One. Oh, I can't wait to see Gizzy. Me too. Uh, what is it now? 10.30. When do we put the turkey in? I was gonna do it now. Scene. Tom crouches down and slides the turkey inside the oven. Scene. Ron opens a bag of paper Thanksgiving table favors. He unfolds a large pilgrim's hat. He admires it. Scene. Ron and Tom set a table for six. Scene. Ron playing jingle bells on the clarinet. You gonna play after we eat? Just practicing. You're really good, you know? <laughs> I'm serious. If I were to die right now, I'd want you to know that you're good at that thing. <laughs> Pay attention to the details, to volume and tone. Your fingers are playful mice. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sincerely. If anyone knows his groceries, it's you. It's real, Grace. Scene. Tom's kitchen. Are you troubled? No. I can see you interviewing your brains. Well, maybe. Can we get out of here for a while? We can have a little walk while the bird cooks. Yeah, let's go for a walk. Scene. A path in a forest. You know how I feel about music. Yeah. I know I can't tell you with words. I, I can only get little pieces. I can say it's like the first time you see a bird or your daughter just born. It's watching people through their front window late in the evening. Sure. I had to say it. Okay. I had to tell you, and I had to tell you here. I'm glad we came. Sometimes I see it. Music? I watch it rise from the ground, curl and break through the treetops. Higher up it makes a lattice of love and light. Scene. Tom's kitchen. The phone rings. Can you get it? Sure. Hello. This is Ron. Ron falls to his knees. The phone falls from his hand. What is it? Ron cries. Scene. Tom's kitchen. Four days later. I threw the turkey out. What about the pie? Yep. The wine? Gone. What about the napkins? They're just napkins. I bought them for the meal. Get rid of them. Scene. Tom approaches a garbage can behind the house carrying a stack of napkins. He removes the lid and places the napkins inside the can. He hesitates, digs down in the trash, and pulls up a half-empty bottle of white wine, removes the cork, and drinks. He grabs a turkey leg from the trash and eats. <laughs> Scene. Tom reappears in the kitchen where Ron is doing dishes. Pearl diver, let's go quail hunting. <laughs> Scene. A hole in the wall bar. Tom is talking to a young woman, Sarah. Ron is seated away at a booth. You gotta understand, he slated for Crashville. Why is that? On Thanksgiving Day, we had four friends killed. How? They were in a car and a semi came left of center. I am so sorry. We have three wakes tomorrow. Then there's the funerals. That's terrible. Nobody asked me about it. Are you okay? About as good as I can be. You want to get out of this red onion for a while? I'd like that. Scene. Ron's seated alone at a booth. He has a can of Black Label beer in front of him. Red Stallion, take me to that place now. Ron drinks. His eyes close. His head falls back. Scene. Ron is in a field. We hear a white-throated sparrow calling, Oh, dear sweet Canada, Canada, Canada. Dear sweet Canada, Canada, Canada. Bees linger on lilac and lily. Buttercup and clover sway in the gentle breeze that says, I will carry you, Ron. I am comfort in this difficult time. A rabbit of ordinary size appears. I'm very sorry for your loss, Ron. Thanks, rabbit. Would you like a carrot? I'm good, thanks. Been hard to eat the last few days. Are you ready? I think so. Follow me. Ron follows the rabbit through the field. The bear joins them. He pats Ron on the back. I know things have been tough, Billy Bones. 
Thanks, Fangs. You want a ride? <laughs> sure. The bear drops to all fours. Ron climbs on his back, and the group proceeds through the field. The eagle calls from above. Salvation lies in knowing that <laughs> darkness will be met by light. Thanks, Baldy. <laughs> Music plays. The yellow light of the sun becomes brighter. We're close now. Ron, the rabbit, the bear, and the eagle all squint. The light is blinding, but diminishes as the turkey with the human head emerges. Ron stares, and it pecks the ground. It does not acknowledge any of them. I know you. All know me. Your face. All know my face. Who are you? The turkey pecks the ground. Who are you? The turkey raises his head. Friend rabbit, brother bear, eagle of the cliff. He is not ready. I'm ready. When the lake has been dried by the sun. What? When the trees have been fell. What trees? What lake? Scene. Ron jolts awake. Tom is at his booth in the bar with a young woman. Ronnie. Ronnie. Wake up. Meet Sarah. What? Oh, sorry. This is Sarah. Isn't she everything plus? <laughs> oh yeah, sure, uh, everything plus. Hi, Ron. Hi, Sarah. Scene, Tom's house. Ron lying awake on the couch. The sounds of sex are heard from above. Ron rolls over. Scene, a funeral home. Ron and Tom in suits. Sarah in a dress. Ron is crying. Tom is hugging him. I love Gizzy. I know. Fucking love her. I know. And no matter how much you talk about it, it doesn't change. I know. I know. Come on, let's get some food. Can you believe the priest? She's still alive. What bullshit! We all know she's dead, right? She's never gonna talk to me again. Come on. Let's go down to the basement. Scene. Tom's living room. Ron and Sarah watch TV. Late evening. Ron? Yeah, Sarah? How you feeling? All right, I guess. I was gonna go out to the store. Can I get you anything? No. Coke? No, that's okay. On me? No, thanks. Okay, but if you think of anything, I'm leaving in about 10 minutes. Thanks, Sarah. You like this show? Yeah. Because it's crazy. <laughs> you think? People flying over outer space. I like it. Then you like crazy. I guess. Sarah stands. I'm gonna go get my cigarettes. See you soon. You want that Coke? Sure. Scene. Sarah driving. Country music. There is a rosary swinging from her rearview mirror. Scene. Tom working on a car in his driveway. How's it going? Man, I don't know what we hit, but it was hard. Gotta replace anything? I got it straightened. Sarah's at the store. Scene. Tom and Sarah seated on the couch as Ron plays an Armenian folk medley on his clarinet. <laughs> Tom, Tom has his arm around Sarah. His legs are crossed and his top leg bobs up and down in rhythm. Scene, Sarah applying eye makeup in the bathroom. Scene, Ron and Tom playing cribbage. You okay? Yeah. I notice you're better. I suppose. Sarah thinks you're better. She's cool. Yeah. You know, 
I was wondering if um, your sister might give you a room. Not for good. Just for a while so I can get things straight with her. Yeah, she'd give me a room. Not now. Not tonight. But you know. I'll call her in the morning. Scene. The lobby of a cheap motel. Irene, Ron's sister, and her two children. Irene hands Ron a key. Take 18. You know for how long? Little while. Because Christmas is coming. I can get out for the weekend. You could just come up with us if we sell out, okay? Sure. Sorry I couldn't make Gizzy's funeral. Closed casket. You okay? I'm better. I love you, you know. Thanks. You still smoking? Not for a long time. What's a mom gonna do for a cigarette? <laughs> Scene. Ron throws his coat down on a chair in room 18. He spreads his arms apart and falls into the bed. He sits up, turns on the TV. Scene. Ron at a pet store. He is in line holding a beagle puppy, a collar and a leash. Scene. Ron playing with the puppy on the bed of room 18. Scene. Ron asleep. The puppy pushes the door open and disappears. Scene. Ron awakens and sees the door open. Scene. Ron walking in a diner parking lot. A man and woman standing by a car. Spider! 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 Who are you calling Spider? Just looking for my dog. What dog? I don't even know if he knows his name yet. I just got him yesterday. He might not know he has a name. The man approaches Ron and punches him in the face. <laughs> Ron falls to the ground. The man kicks him several times. Scene. The field. Ron is walking. As he proceeds, the rabbit, the bear, and the eagle join him. He leaves the path and finds a clearing. He waits. The turkey with the human face appears. I'm ready. The turkey pecks the ground. I'm ready. The turkey raises its head which is clearly Ron's head. It turns toward Ron and spreads its wings. A great light emanates from its feathers where many smaller heads of Ron dangle. <laughs> Ron, I was sent from the power and I have come to those who think upon me. The lake has been emptied by the sun. The trees have been fell. For I am the first and the last. I am the honored and the scorned. I am the harlot and the holy one. I am the wife and the virgin. I am the mother and the daughter. I am the ruler and the ruled. The first step and the final fall. I am thirst and I am water. I have walked thousands of miles and I have never left my home. I have observed no festivals and my own festivals are many. I am gratitude and ingratitude. I am gratitude, and I have watched you always. I have watched you beaten, and I am music you have played. I have heard you play strange music, and it is not strange. Ron, I tell you now that all you know will pass into mystery. All you know will pass into myth. All you know will pass into history. All that surrounds you will be the past, and you will be alone and you will know the strangeness of being anything. You will chase after your parents and your grandparents. You will chase after friends. But I, who know and do not know, I, who have thousands of children and am infertile, I, who am wounded and have mercy, I, 
who am descent. I tell you this, not to stop your heart, but to tell you that your heart is as all hearts. It is reckless driver and the child. It is the leaping deer. It is present at birth and present beyond death. This is to tell you, Ron, that you are not dead. Hear me. Despite this moment, Ron, you are alive. You are ascended. Scene. Ron awakens, bloody and in pain, in the parking lot where he was beaten. He stands and stumbles into the diner. Scene. Ron washes his hands and the blood from his face. He checks his teeth in the mirror. Scene. Ron on his bed in room 18 watching TV. There is a scratching at the door. Ron rises, walks the short distance and opens it. It is the puppy. He has grown to great size and is made entirely of flame. <laughs> End section one. Section two, a temporary fact. Scene, a factory. You bowling tonight? I am. Awesome. Scene, a bowling alley. A strike. Scene, the bar at the bowling alley. Hey, I thought you didn't drink. That's just something I was trying. Oh, okay. Scene, the bowling alley. Turkey! You're hot tonight. Listen to the jukebox. What? This is my song. Scene, Hane's home. Hane, have you been drinking? No. Why? You seem dizzy. Are you dizzy? Scene, Hane pointing at a bottle of gin. No! No! You will not hurt me anymore! Scene. The factory. Did you finish the Franklin order? Yeah. What do you got for me? I want you to reprogram the machine. Uh, this one's just like Franklin, but with a bigger tool and an extra punch. Okay. It's three sixteenths. That's smaller than Franklin. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Franklin was an eighth. Wow. <laughs> You had me scared. Scene, the factory. You doing okay? Why? Last night at the bowling alley, I just thought you didn't drink. No, I drink. Last Christmas you told me you were a recovering alcoholic. I just said that so you wouldn't offer me any alcohol. No, you said you would always be a recovering alcoholic. So you wouldn't offer me anything. Okay. But if you ever want to talk... Just let me know. I'm fine. <laughs> Scene, a hotel. I'm a prostitute. <laughs> Let's do blowjobs. <laughs> you want to give me a blowjob? Yeah, and then you give me a blowjob. Or, or we can do them both at the same time. I don't want you to give me a blowjob. <laughs> I'm paying you $85. Okay. I'm good at it. All right. Scene, home. I wonder where Hane is. Scene, the hotel. Am I good at sex? What we did isn't really sex. Are you kidding? It's sex for money. It's different. What if I said I loved you? You don't love me. But I could. I love someone else. 
But you had sex with me. My boyfriend doesn't care. How could he not care? He knows it's just physical. If I were your boyfriend, I'd care. I'd take you to new heights. I don't want to go to new heights. <laughs> Scene. Jasmine and her boyfriend, Splage. Who's this Hain guy? He's just a trick. You sure? Yeah. You say so. Jasmine's phone rings. They listen. Scene. Hain arrives home. Hain, do you know what time it is? It was Webster's birthday. Really? I told you. How old is he? I don't know. You went to his birthday party and you don't know how old he is? <laughs> yeah. Usually someone will say it or there'll be a card with a number on I didn't it. see anything. Are you drinking? No, I'm not drinking. God, how could you say I'm drinking? I want to smell your breath. Nobody smells my Pain. breath. Hain! <laughs> Scene. The factory. Hain, QC turned back the Franklin job. What? There were all kinds of mistakes. Like what? Measurements, patterns, tools. Half the panels weren't even mounted correctly. That's because of the machine. The machine checked out. I programmed it and restarted Franklin last night. You think you can finish it? How many are left? 50. Sure. Hey, Milt isn't happy. Jeff is talking to him for you. Milt is always camped on my shoulder. Hey, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Why does everyone think I'm not okay? Scene. The factory parking lot. Hello, Hain. Hi. Do I know you? I think you know my girlfriend. Is your girlfriend a prostitute? My girlfriend's name is Jasmine. Oh, okay. I came here to tell you not to call her anymore. Okay. And don't pay her for sex anymore. <laughs> okay. Scene. Pain alone. Oh, Jasmine. It hurts so much not to be able to see you anymore. I wrote a poem for you. <laughs> for you, I live. For you, I love. For you were sent from God above. <laughs> I love you, Jasmine. I love you, dear. For you, I pray, my heart be near. You're in my heart. You're in my head. For you I pray, for me to wed. <laughs> and in the storm, and in the strife, I pray for you to share my life. Scene, the factory. Hain, you're fired. What? <laughs> you have 10 minutes to pack your belongings. 10 minutes? A car. Hey, I'm worried about you, but you won't open up to me. It's hard for me to open up to anyone because I have secrets. From where? The past. Oh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, you're driving really fast. It's because of the secrets, but I'll slow down. <laughs> Do you, do you talk to your wife about your secrets? My wife doesn't understand me. Why? My secrets are complicated. Well, do you want to talk to me about them? You wouldn't understand. 
There's only one person who would. Her name is Jasmine. <laughs> and I can't see her anymore. Why not? Her boyfriend is jealous. Okay, you're driving fast again. I'm sorry, but I drive fast when I think about Jasmine. Okay. <laughs> I just don't know what to do. Are you drinking? No. I could be your friend. I'm so confused. It's easy. You talk to me. The car accelerates. Hey, watch out! There is a crash. Scene, a hospital room. Hey, how are you feeling? <laughs> Not so good. I have a lot of pain in my legs. Really? Oh, they hurt. That's strange. Doctor, I was just in an accident. There's nothing strange about it. Hey. Part of the reason I'm here is to tell you that you don't have legs anymore. What? <laughs> Look down. Oh my god, I have no legs! You'll adjust. How... How will I walk? How will I have sex with my wife? How will I have sex with prostitutes? Be creative. <laughs> Thanks, doctor. Are you ready to go home? Can we stop at the liquor store? I didn't mean I'd drive. Can... <laughs> can whoever drives me home stop at the liquor store and can my prosthetics be hollow so I can hide bottles in them? I'll write the prescription right now. <laughs> Scene, at home. Hayne is stuffing a bottle of gin into a prosthetic leg. Susie enters and he quickly hides it. You're doing so well with your recovery. The therapist said this is the fastest she'd seen anyone recover. I'm strong and determined. Last night in your sleep, you called out, No, demon, you will not hurt me. <laughs> really? Is something wrong? No, dreams are crazy. I'm worried about you. I'm fine. I'm gonna beat this thing. Are you going back to work soon? Oh, I have a new job. Why? Are they discriminating against you? No, I, I have to get a, a new job. I, I, just, I just want a new job. But all your friends are there. I'll be okay. Susie coughs up into a handkerchief. It is bloody. Oh, no! Scene. A, a bar near the hotel where Hayne and Jasmine had sex. Do you know a girl named Jasmine? Depends on who's asking. I love her. I, I wrote a poem to her. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't. I just want to talk to her. Sorry. Scene. Home. What did the doctor say? It's really advanced. I don't have long. Susie, I love you so much. I only have a week. Oh my god! Let's make it the best week. Uh, you want to go to Disney World? No. <laughs> no. I want to stay here. And I want you to answer one question. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Are you drinking? Scene. A house. 
I'm so sorry I killed your daughter. I have a lot of secrets, and when I think about them, I go crazy. I was driving too fast, and that's why she died. I wish I had died. I don't think you do. I got you a puppy. Scene, the casket store. <laughs> Jasmine? Hane? You sell caskets? Yeah, but the whole store is a front for my boyfriend's drug business. <laughs> He's a dealer? The caskets in the back are full of drugs. Wow. Don't call the police or he'll kill you. I, I won't. I just want to talk to you. Why are you buying a casket? My wife is dying. She only has a week to live. I'm sorry. I'm filled with grief. I hope you feel better. <laughs> oh, Jasmine, is there any way I could be with you? I'll call you, but don't come back here. Buy your casket at another store. Or there are videos on YouTube that you can make one. <laughs> Jasmine, I love you. Scene. A hospital. Haynes' wife is on a respirator, unconscious. We hear the EKG beeping sound. Susie, you mean so much to me. Beep. Don't leave me. Beep. What? What will I do without you? Beep. Susie, I was drinking. Beep. I lied because I didn't want to hurt you. Beep. Beep. No! Susie! You never backed away from anything in your life! Now fight! Fight! You can't do this to me! I love you, goddammit! Scene. Hayne looks at a bottle of gin. I said you won't hurt me, and you won't! Hayne throws the bottle down, smashing it. His phone rings. Hello? Oh, Jasmine! Smashing a bottle of gin. Uh-huh. The funeral was yesterday. Yeah, Susie did have life insurance. Why? Scene. Hain doing physical therapy. You are so strong. Thanks. Soon you won't need therapy. Yeah. You want to get dinner sometime? Uh, sure. Scene. Dinner. <laughs> So the pirate says, bring me a lime and a knife. <laughs> Your therapy's going very well. But I sense there's a larger struggle in you. Well, my wife died recently. An even bigger struggle. What do you mean? On your first visit, I heard gin sloshing around in your legs. How did you know it was gin? Because that's what I used to drink. I'm an alcoholic. Oh. A recovering alcoholic. I notice you're drinking coffee. One day at a time. I know how hard it is. 
It's so hard. You can talk to me about it. Really? If you're gonna leave, you can't keep running. Thanks, Regina. It's good to have someone who understands me. Scene. Jasmine and Hayne. Phone conversation. What kind of casket did you get? The Star Legacy Blue Tapestry. For how much? 77 one plus taxes. That's a good price. Thanks. I could have got it for you cheaper, but you know, my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, is he gonna kill me? I hope not. I'll do anything to be with you. Anything? Yes. Well, I'm thinking of starting a company that makes trailer hitches for cars. My uncle knows a guy who sells parts for Kia. He says there's all kinds of money for someone who can make a good hitch. I already made a prototype from paper mache. I'm going to shape it with a planer and a chisel, like on car commercials. Why are you telling me this? You must have got a lot of money from your wife's life insurance. $500,000. Would you like to invest in my company? Anything for you. Good. It's such a solid proposal. I'll, <laughs> I'll double what I put in. Then I can retire and spend more time with you. All because of you and, and your magical hitches. Send the check to the casket store. Scene. Physical therapy. Kane, you have no limitations. Really? You're stable walking, stable on stairs. You can almost run. I feel good. How's your mind? Good. Because I think your body is fine. I'm, I, I mean, you're done with therapy. <laughs> Thanks for all of your help. Therapist kisses Hayne. I'm sorry, that was inappropriate. It was nice. <laughs> I'm gonna miss you. Can we have dinner tonight? Sure. Scene. Hang on phone. Hi, I was hoping to speak with Giles Fernando. I can hold. Hi, Mr. Fernando. I was just calling to follow up on a resume I sent you last week. Sorry to take you away from your work. I programmed strip-it machines and punch presses. I did low-level materials management and shipping. No, no electrical. I did it, but I'm not certified. I'd be open to certifying if you need that. My best reference is Jasmine. She was my direct supervisor. Her, her, her number's on my resume. Okay, I look forward to speaking again soon. Bye. Scene. Hain on his phone. Jasmine, it's Hain. I was thinking of you. I made a job call. Call me back when you can. Bye. Scene. Therapist and Hain in bed. Hain, that was amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I am so glad we had dinner. <laughs> you mean sex? <laughs> Me too. Are you keeping dry? I haven't had a drink, if that's what you mean. I know it's hard, and I just want you to know you can talk to me, if you want. Regina, that's nice. I will. I want to be your drug, Hain. Mm. 
Thanks, Regina. That's special. <laughs> Scene. Hang on phone. Jasmine. Please call me, Pack. Please? All right? Please? Scene. Regina Hain, riding on an amusement park swan. I felt horrible my first week without drinking. I was seriously depressed, and it didn't get better for a long time. But it felt so bad that I remembered it, and that helped me stay sober. I never want to feel that way again. Right. So, how are you feeling today? I'm okay. Do you want to talk? No, not really. Something's bothering you. Maybe a little. What? It's just that people can be bad sometimes. Sure. They can be one thing when you see them and something entirely different when you're not looking. Yes! They can do mean and terrible things and hurt you. I know. Is there someone hurting you right now? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. When you're ready. Let's get some cotton candy. Scene. Hane on his phone. He is crying. Jasmine, please, please call me. I want to talk to you. How are the trailer hitches? Please? Scene. Hane at Regina's house, seated at a table. Jazz music plays. Thanks for having me over for dinner, Regina. Everything smells so good. I hope it tastes good, too. Hane takes the cover off of a pot of rice and inhales deeply through his nose. What kind of rice is this? Jasmine. Do you like it? Uh, yeah. I do. I, I, I like it. Are you okay? I'm fine. Are you sure? I'm fine. Okay. What's the music? Uh, something new I picked up. I like it. I have to hear a little jazz every day. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, there, it's, it's like nothing is right until I hear it. <laughs> wow. I have to hear at least 15 minutes. Sure. That's my jazz, man. <laughs> huh. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's just something I need. Right. <laughs> what kind of music do you like? I like hip-hop and rap. Yeah, I like those. I can still dance. I know you can. Even on my rubber legs. <laughs> Let me put something on. The music changes. Oh, I like this. I just got it. Who is it? It's a guy by the name of Yaz. Really? Yeah. Crazy name, huh? I mean, what does Yaz mean? Oh, I wonder. Huh. Would you like some vegetables? Sure. Hayne, is there something on your mind? No. Are you nervous? No. Because we've already had sex. There's, what's to be nervous about? I'm not nervous. Uh, I don't believe you, but I won't bother about it now. You look great. Thanks. So do you. <laughs> How's work? It's good. Any new clients? Oh, all the time. I had a Boy Scout come in today who was hurt on a camp out. Yeah? Yeah, he's a junior assistant scoutmaster, a J-A-S-M. And his boss called and said, any way I could get my jazz in?
No. Yeah. And we took him right away. He needed it. Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. It's just... What? Nothing. Hey, let's eat. Scene. A phone rings. Hello? Hayn, this is Giles Fernando with Precision Fabricators. Oh, hi, hi, Giles. We'd like to bring you in for an interview. Fantastic. Are you available on Tuesday? Y yeah, uh, what, what, what time? How does 10.30 sound? I'll be there. Uh, just come to the front desk and ask for me. I will. I, I look forward to meeting you. Same here. Bye. Bye. Scene. <laughs> Hayn looking at a bottle of gin. Scene. Hayne standing, looking down at a gravestone. Scene. Seated on a park bench. He buys balloons from a vendor and gives them to a child. Scene. Hayne looking at a large painting of the moon. Scene. Hayne seated, his prosthetic legs on the floor, with two bottles of gin. Okay. You win. Hayne drinks. Scene. Hayne wearing a tie with Giles Fernando. What did you like and dislike about your previous job? I really liked the people, and I still keep in touch with a lot of them. But there were two big changes. I lost my legs and my wife in the same month, and it felt like time to move on. I can understand that. On the negative side, I wish they had taken safety more seriously. Scene. Haynes standing with protective earmuffs shooting a handgun at a target. Scene. Haynes petting bunnies. Scene. <laughs> Haynes smelling flowers. Scene. Haynes finishing a model of an aircraft carrier. Scene. <laughs> Haynes and Regina. I can smell it on you. I'm not trying to hide it. This is going to change things between us. I know. Haynes, I believed in you. I still believe in you. I'm sorry I disappointed you. I'm gonna need some time to think about this. Sure. A little space. Okay. Some time away. Yeah. Distance. Right. Perspective. Uh-huh. Room. I understand. Time. I. New clothes. For sure. A little horse to ride around the ring. I know. Some <laughs> yeah. Copper wire. Good. A little cameo necklace, but it's a man with a face and it talks if you press a button and it says, Jesus loves somebody else. I've seen... <laughs> I've seen those and I know they're very comforting. Scene. Hain flying a remote control airplane. Oh, airplane! You fly so high! Your beauty and splendor inspire me. What it's like to be up there, closer to God and birds. People must seem so small to you. I wish you could talk. Scene. <laughs> Hain alone. His phone rings. Jasmine? Hain, can you meet me? What? Can you meet me? I haven't heard from you in a long time, Jasmine. I need to meet with you. Where? Anywhere! I don't know, Jasmine. Please? Have you sold any trailer hitches? What? Have you sold any trailer hitches? Oh, yeah, tons. Will I see any return on my investment? Sure, but it could take more time. Years still. Okay. Where do you want to meet? 
The hotel? No, not the hotel. The casket store? No. Taco Bell? Okay. <laughs> but I'm not eating. This isn't about eating, Jasmine. Scene. Jasmine, agitated. And Hain. Jasmine, slow down. It's so hard. I'll never understand I'll you. try. So you and Splage are in a house in England, and he has a gun pointed at... Blake Harrison! From the in-betweeners, a fake gun, and his hand is shaking, and Blake Harrison kicks him in the crotch! Why is it a fake gun? Because Splatch doesn't want to hurt him. He wants to get caught so he can go to prison and meet real kidnappers and learn from them so he can kidnap a more famous actor and make even more money! Well, you can't beat his logic. So, Blake Harrison kicks him and jumps on top of him and starts dialing the police on his cell phone. What did you do? I ran. To where? I checked out of the hotel and I got on the first plane I could. And you came to me? Yes. Where's Splash? In jail. For how long? I don't know. Jasmine, this is crazy. What, what if he comes here? What if he comes here and I'm watching the in-betweeners and he takes it the wrong way? I know, Splatch. He would never come here. He found me at work. He could find my house. He won't. I promise. Jasmine, I have no legs. I know, Hane. I know. Splatch has two more limbs than I do. I'm sorry, Hane. I know Splash is crazy. I know he's not good for me. But you're still with him. Yes, I am, but... But? But I don't love him. Don't tease me, Jasmine. I'm not teasing. Jasmine, if you love me, say so. I love you. Are you just saying that? No, I... I love you. I... I really love you. Scene. Hayne and Giles Fernando. I called your reference. Jasmine? She spoke very highly of you. Oh, She said good. you never missed a day of work. <laughs> She's the best. She said you bowl. Well, not since I lost my legs. But I bet you'd be very good still. You think? Hayne, you seem to be a very dedicated and capable young man. The sky is the limit for you, legs or not. Thanks, Mr. Fernando. Call me Giles. <laughs> Thanks, Giles. Are there other bowlers in the shop? Oh, yes, uh, some very good bowlers. I'm sure they'd love to have you along at the alley. What's their night? Wednesday. Maybe next week. I'll introduce you. Scene. Jasmine and Hayne. This rice is called Jasmine. <laughs> Jasmine! This rice is called Jasmine! <laughs> Isn't that funny? What? <laughs> the rice! It's called Jasmine! You named it after me? <laughs> no, I mean, everyone calls it that. Why? It's just its name. Oh. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Are you scared? No, why would I be scared? Hayne stares at Jasmine. No reason. Scene. 
Jasmine and Splage at the airport. Splage! Jasmine! How was your flight? How was yours? Splage, I love you. I panicked! Blake Harrison may be skinny, but he's strong. And tall. Affable, too. How long were you in jail? Two weeks. Uh, I had to promise to never go back. I'm sorry. I know you really liked that house. I never cased a place that was so well decorated. The curtains were amazing. <laughs> Fuck the curtains! That couch! I know! How much of Haynes' money do we have left? $470,000. What? Our flights, our passports, the Tower of London, the Thames tour, it adds up. Splage wraps his arms around Jasmine. Let's go home. Scene. Hain on his phone. Hello, police? I'd like to report a coffin full of drugs. It's at the casket store. And that's a front for a drug dealer named Splage. Scene. Intermission. There will now be a 15-second intermission, during which our producers ask you to consider the image of Hain alone in the parking lot of an abandoned industrial building flying his remote control plane, or the image of Splage in his passion and haste pausing to admire the fine curtains of the house he broke into. Maybe you can think of Jasmine honing and improving her trailer hitches, or Giles Fernando penciling Hain's name in on the company bowling roster. All of these moments have happened. We ourselves will be thinking of the pup. Scene. Jasmine and Splage in a prison visiting area. Jasmine, uh, what's happening in the outside world? There's a car dealership having a big sale. They're blowing them out. Wow. You've never seen deals like those before. I don't know. I've seen some pretty big deals. Were they blowing them out? Well, no, they weren't blowing them out. This dealership was. It was Monster Saturday. All 2014 models had to go. Wow. How is prison life? I was making hashtags on my wall to count the days I was in, and then another prisoner said I could just use a calendar, uh, so I erased him. That's nice. A uh, knife is called a shiv. If you're eating dinner and you want to butter a roll, you say, uh, please pass the butter and a shiv. Oh. If you say you're shivering, people think you're knifing something. It's confusing. It's a lot of lingo, and you're new to it. Give yourself time. I know. How much more time do you have? With good behavior, I'll be out in six years. Without good behavior? Ten. That's a long time. Tell me you'll wait. I love you, Splage. Of course I'll wait. And you're not just saying that? No. <laughs> Thanks, Jasmine. But you know, I, I wonder who let the cops know about the casket full of drugs. Somebody had to. Cops just don't come to casket stores opening caskets. Not unless somebody they know has recently died. Right. One of your customers? None of my customers knew where I kept the drugs. One of your friends? No. It had to be somebody close. Who? I can't think of anyone. Can you? Scene. A bowling alley. 
Hayne is standing, peering over a ball, ready to begin his stride. He steps forward, releases the ball, and falls. His legs come off and are left behind him on the ground with two bottles of gin. Jasmine and his co-workers rush to his aid. Hayne, are you okay? Let me help you get your legs back on. No, I'm okay. Hayne, I'll help you. No, I'm fine, really. Hayne crawls to his legs and struggles to conceal the gin bottles and puts his legs back on. A co-worker begins to laugh. I can't help who I am! Stop laughing! No, it's not that. Then why are you laughing at me? Look! The co-worker points toward the end of the lane. You got a strike. Oh man, I still got it! Carry on my wayward son by Kansas Place. <laughs> Moments from the evening are struck. Hayne throwing another strike. Hayne sticking a knife in his leg as a stranger faints. Hayne. Hayne drinking and laughing with Giles Fernando. Hayne high-fiving his co-workers. Hayne petting a chihuahua in a woman's purse. Hayne and Jasmine making love. The song fades. Scene. Hayne at his desk seated across from Giles Fernando. Hayne, you bowled very well. <laughs> I can do better. You had the team high. Only for one game. Well, I'm glad there's good news from the alley. Thanks, Giles. Because the news here in the office isn't as good. It's not? No. Unfortunately, Hayne, your work is suffering, and if you don't clean up your mistakes, I'm going to have to let you go. I'm sorry. Is something bothering you? No, not, not really. Are you having trouble concentrating? I don't think so. I, I can't figure it out. Uh, you're young, bright, talented, but something is holding you back. Haynes stands. He takes two steps. We hear two sloshes coming from his legs. Well, there is something. What is it? Haynes takes two more steps. Slosh, slosh. <laughs> I've been having trouble sleeping. Have you seen the doctor? Slosh, slosh. <laughs> no. Maybe you should. Slosh, slosh. I, I will. I'll, I'll make an appointment today. Slosh. Thanks, Giles. Slosh. I'm here to help. Scene. An ice cream parlor. Hain is seated alone, enjoying a bowl of chocolate ice cream. Regina enters. Hain? Oh, Regina. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm good. It's good to see you again. It's been so long. It's good to see you, too. Hey, you still in that great apartment? <laughs> yeah, still there. How about you? I moved. Okay. Closer to work. How's work? Good. Just got a little raise. Awesome. How's your job? Good. It, it, it's good. So... How are you? I'm okay. No, really. How are you really? Pause as Regina looks intensely at him. What? It makes me so sad. Scene. Hayne and Jasmine at home. Giles called. Giles Fernando? Yeah. What did he say? Call him back. Oh. Why? I think I'm gonna be fired. Why? I'm doing a bad job. Why? 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 Why all the questions? <laughs> I'm trying to help, Hayne. Well, you're not. Hayne, 
please. Why would he fire you? Jasmine, I'm an alcoholic. My legs are filled with gin. I can't help myself. I look at a bottle and I can't resist. Hain, I can help you. I don't think you can. You have to let me. How? Talk to me. Hain approaches Jasmine. He cries. She hugs him. The door to their apartment bursts open. Splash is holding a gun. Splash? Splash? I thought you were waiting for me, Jasmine. I, I... Never mind. Speaking of waiting... Splash aims the gun at Hain. I've been waiting to tell you that I know how the police found that casket full of drugs. Splash, I'm so sorry. How did you know? I didn't until you just apologized. Oh, oh my God, how could I be so stupid? Splash shoots Hain in the leg. Hain doubles over and falls as Splash turns to Jasmine and approaches her. Well, tie a yellow ribbon round the oak old tree. Uh, I can explain, Splatch. This should be good. I, I was trying to get more money for us. Sure you were. But we still have $470,000 from his wife's insurance money. Hain raises his head from the ground, puzzled. But I know he has more. I was going to get my name on his other accounts. I was going to send you money for the commissary. Shh. Sure you were. <laughs> I know how much chocolate bars mean to prisoners. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't know until you've been there. I visited. That's not what I mean. Splatch, I love you. You have to believe me. No, I don't. I ought to kill you. No, Splatch, please. Hain has taken a bottle of gin from his leg and has hopped on one leg behind Splatch. He hits him, knocking him to the ground. Uh, ooh. Hain, Hain, you saved me. Jasmine makes to hug Hane, but he stops her. Go, Jasmine. But... Go. I... I'll go. But first, give me my money. Jasmine hands Hane $470,000. She steps away. And the blueprint for the trailer hitch. Jasmine hands Hane a blueprint. The real blueprint. <laughs> Jasmine, crestfallen, hands Hain another blueprint. She's at the door. Sirens can be heard. Jasmine, you hurt me. Jasmine leaves. The phone rings. Hello? Hain? Is Giles. Oh, <laughs> hi, Giles. Hain, you're a hero. You caught that prisoner, and you're going to keep working for me no matter how many jobs you screw up. <laughs> Thanks, Giles. Let's bowl. <laughs> okay, you're right. Let's bowl. Scene. Regina begins voicing the sound of a happy, hopeful guitar strumming away as Hain speaks. Sometimes I get the urge to keep the typos in my emails. I say a lot of things like, I'm going, Tom, use my lip lamb now. <laughs> People might not always understand mech. <laughs> Earth would be an easy way of owning all of my false. 
seriously, because this is more than just the story of how I quit drinking and made the trailer hitches so familiar on the American road today. <laughs> it's the story of a man with a problem fighting the odds. They said it couldn't be done. They smiled in their surly old wisdom and said, how can a little man with legs made of rubber design hitches? <laughs> but you and me, we know the answer. <laughs> we know. Oh, we know. <laughs> Haynes smiles. He eventually joins in with Regina, vocalizing drum sounds. He performs a solo, Regina solos. They improvise positive music for about five minutes, crescendo to a fever, a dance almost. End section two. Section three, creation myth. Scene, a lecture hall. Two speakers, man and woman, behind lecterns. In the beginning, there were heads. Ordinary heads. With noses, mouths, ears, eyes, hair. Just like us. Not just like us. No, not just like us. There were differences. The brows were bigger. They're, they were hairier. The hair was coarser, but not like steel wool. No, and the heads weren't cave person-y. We say big brows, and I imagine you think of cave people. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. When heads rolled, there wasn't a discernible bump in their movement beyond what you'd see with a modern brow. And heads rolled only means how they moved from place to place, not that they'd been cut off. Because there were no bodies. Yet. After the heads were the hands. There had been talk of fingers for some time. The heads were itchy, and the only cure was rolling. Which meant more cuts, more bleeding, more possibility that contents would come spilling out at a moment's notice. What more practical for itching than mobile, bony projections? They worked well together and well in opposition. They could bring things to the head. But only if they were unified. That's why hands. It started off as two per head and just never changed. That was the first proposal, and it stuck. Fairly famously. And then, all this magic happened. Things we take for granted now, wiping tears from the eyes, pushing the hair from the forehead for improved sight, cupping the ears to improve hearing. Picking the nose, rubbing sleep from the eyes, whistling with the fingers in the mouth, cupping the hand to the mouth for yelling great distances, hitting oneself in the head to indicate what a fool one is. And this one. That's very recent. Of course. There were problems. Heads were rolling everywhere, and hands often couldn't be found except gathered in large piles for warmth. It was decided to attach hands with heads. But how? Arms. A system that would allow hands to satisfy the urges of the head, but also maintain a degree of freedom. The neck was added to allow the head some movement of its own, and then the shoulders to attach the arms to the neck. Sounds perfect, but in practice, more was needed. Imagine. There was us from about here on up. Mobi mobility? The arms were enough to move the head with the hands, acting as modern feet do. Little beings about a foot and a half tall milling around. And as mobile heads do, they began to notice one another. That neck is beautiful, a common enough thought now. 
It's common when the eyes are stable, when they're no longer revolving through a constant dream of Earth, sky, Earth, sky, Earth, sky, Earth. We can't call them people yet, but there they are noticing one another in fields and forests. Frequently, they'd be locked in hours-long speechless interactions, marveling at one another. They would move quite close. Occasionally, a hand from one could be extended on another, but more often than not, they lost their balance and fell. There was primitive kissing. None of the tongue-in-the-mouth sort of thing we see today, but lips were pressed together. Lips were pressed on cheeks, on shoulders, on arms. They were placed near ears, rubbed over the hair of another head. Suddenly, lips are very important. They were good at things. Speech. And with speech came primitive thoughts, primitive communication. Utterances from the time are uncommon, but among them is, I notice you. Another is, I notice your neck. I notice your eyes. I notice your mouth. I notice your hair. I notice your arms. I notice how your arms meet your shoulders. I notice that of all other ears, yours are the smallest. You begin to see these early creatures as 15-year-olds. They notice one another. They are in physical proximity, but little can be done. For thousands of years. The noticing. The proximity. The communicating, mostly with the eyes. The eyes become highly developed. The skin follows. The hands begin to feel idle, that they should do more. An area under the collarbone is proposed. It measures just 12 inches and allows for more skin to be admired by the eye. Some will have breasts and others muscle. Both will be supported by an internal cage of bone. A wave of excitement sweeps through... Uh, can we say humanity yet? I think you just did. (laughs) A wave of excitement sweeps through humanity. Though arms must now rise higher to accommodate the chest and the resulting stride becomes shorter. We are excited, but slightly less mobile. And the duties of the chest are many. Breathing. Being admired. Moving in dance. Pressing to another chest. Housing internal organs. The liver. The pancreas. The lungs. The gallbladder. The diaphragm. The stomach as far as the pylorus. Have we forgotten anything? Yes. Oh, right. The heart. The heart. The old lub-dubber. The pit-a-patterer. The bloody motor. The gift from lover to lover. Mm, So, more skin to be admired, breasts, backs, organs, some functioning, some wandering, like the stomach. What's to come? The tension is killing us. Literally. Estimates of the blood pressure for these early beings is systolic 410 millimeters of mercury, diastolic 280 millimeters of mercury. A dig in northern Montana holds fossil remains thought to be a gathering of thousands, a prehistoric woodstock, if you will. All dead from proximity. But then, a shift. You almost wouldn't notice if you weren't watching. Evolutionary mercy. Indeed. The hands aren't capable of meeting the greater need for mobility. To stop the admiring, to stop the proximity, legs evolve. The hands are happy. Now they're along for the ride instead of being the ride. Legs. I'll say it again. Legs. And a space between them. And to fill the space? The best parts. The hoo-hahs. The goblet and the gobbler. The goldfinch and the goldfinch's nest. The birth cannon and the bishop. The catcher's mitt and digit 21. The badonkadonk and the scabbard. The happy valley and the bagpipe. The hairy menelo and the bony danza. (laughs) And we need just a little more. To take attention off of everything else. At the top of the legs. The behind. Though worthy of worship in its own right. But used primarily for personal seating. And in dance. 
We're almost there, almost whole. A final extension between the chest and legs. The midriff. Ooh la la. A personal favorite. So, there, we are complete. Physically? Yes, physically. Now what do we do? I suppose we decide for ourselves. When one thinks what one might do with such a tool. Such a machine. Swimming. Climbing. Running. Spinning. Tumbling. Dancing. Singing. Reading. Ordering takeout from that Indian place. <laughs> Telling stories. Telling stories that happen to someone else as though they happen to you. Telling stories that happen to someone else as though they happen to you. To the person that they actually happen to. Convincing the person you were just kidding and getting the hell out of there. Never calling or seeing that person again. <laughs> What's something you did with your body? I hiked all day with my sister. We came across a duck on her nest near a pond. It was beautiful. It's still with me. What have you done with yours? I, I tied bottle rockets to my ice skates and lit them right there on the frozen pond. <laughs> Did you skate fast? Nah, it took two strides and that was it. Huh. I spray painted my name on the side of a train. What happened when the train left? I guess other people saw it. Did anyone ever tell you they saw it? No. Then how do you know? I guess I don't really. Maybe they did. Did you ever spray paint anything? A bicycle frame when I was 11. I was really into bikes for about a month. What, what color? What color? Yeah. Red. Yeah, red. The color of passion. Well, I know I had a passion for bicycles. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah, it is. One can become so obsessed. Sometimes with the strangest things, right? Yeah, I spent a whole summer thinking about my uncle's farm. I went there whenever I could, fed the chickens, helped with the harvesting, rode in the combine when the corn was ready, slept in the loft. I wrote a book as a 14-year-old about a boy who built bridges, but the bridges were letting monsters move around at night and they killed everyone in the town. When I think of you at that age, writing a book, I think maybe it wasn't about bridges and monsters. No? Well, on the surface, yes, but what drives a boy at that age? His desire for a place in the world More of adults. More generally? His general desire for a general place in the general world of general adults. A 14-year-old boy. And sex. Mm. What was the name of your book? The Gargons. Those were the monsters? Yes. What do you suppose they were standing in for? I don't know. Maybe things I didn't like. Or dangers. Could be. Or... Sex. Maybe. There's more going on in the heads of 14-year-old boys than sex. Yeah, but not much more. Well, think what you want. I just remembered the thrill of writing that these things existed in me and they came out. For me, it's more that this world comes into me. I think both are great. Me too. And the body. I, I love the body. Me too. You ever think that your mind is really just your body? Well... Yeah, what else would it be? I don't know, but I could cut off my leg and still have the same thoughts. No, you couldn't. All of your thoughts would be about how stupid you were. <laughs> I guess. But you're right. There is something more than the body. The heart. The mind. If you could only do one last thing with your body, what would it be? I'd eat. I would walk around naming things. Really? I'd be the namer. <laughs> Why? Because then I'd know what to call everything, and I wouldn't be afraid. A red light grows slowly on the faces of the actors, a light that soon encompasses the audience as well. It is warmer in the space. Breathing is heard. Barking. And...